Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Before we get to Clips of the Week, um, I realized I was making an assumption about the last thing I talked about. So the Tokyo Summer Olympics are coming up this summer, and they announced no demonstrations on the podium or the track or anything like that. No fists in the air, no kneeling. And I assumed that it was kind of in a response to the um, like the Colin Kaepernick kneeling sort of thing we've had in the United States. But is it a China thing? Are they mostly concerned about people making gestures, statements that are anti-China? In, in, in Japan? I don't know. I have no idea. I haven't thought about it. Well, I'm so, not sure why, well, why I mean, Japan they... is, a, 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 is a huge rival of China. Well, right. But so why did they say it at all? Don't know. They're a friend of the United States. So are they... Yeah, it's also a very polite society. Very, uh, you follow the customs, please, society. I, like, I love the idea of, hey, let's not have any politics in the Olympics, because that's the whole Olympic thing is. Let's put everything aside, have our athletes come together, understand humans are humans no matter where you're from, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. That's Which the whole is a point. beautiful thing. Once you start doing political acts every time you get on a podium, then it becomes not that. Yeah, I would certainly prefer that too. Although I don't know, I just I, but I don't be, know if we I, need rules. I'd be fairly thrilled to have some athlete from wherever make a giant anti-Chinese statement, Chinese government statement, obviously. Right. Depends whose ox is being gored, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I have. Know, well, I, I say just take your medal, enjoy the anthem, and then the first interview you give, you blast away at whatever topic you hold there. Well, the Olympic committee is notoriously mobbed up true and at every step they always claim we aren't anymore until you find out they still are um notoriously mobbed up to what influence the chinese have over that like they do over the who i have no, no idea wait they a might, minute they might they might run the olympic committee like they run the world health organization you now do you're what cooking we want. with a hot walk now you're thinking <laughs> i agree now now wait a minute yeah, China's billion. Remember, we found out the other day that Beijing has more billionaires than any other city, and China has something like five of the top ten cities in the world for billionaires. Yeah, the oligarchs bribed the Olympic Committee. I just said bribed. I did not mean to. Whoa! I that was a slip of the that tongue. Anybody who listens cool. to this show knows I am a mushed-mouthed incompetent. Anyway, uh, so the Chinese oligarchs clearly bribed the Olympic Committee and said, "Hey, the one thing ain't going to happen is any mention of our concentration camps." I think you're onto it. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't they control the Olympic Committee like they do the World Health Organization? They almost certainly would. If they they they've tried. Sure. If they haven't, it's only because they haven't succeeded. They've tried. Yeah, the, the Chai comms do not fail to control something because they don't want to. It's just that they haven't gotten control yet. Excellent. You've cooked up uh. a fine theory there, sir. Well, some of the, like the, the, we've talked about the, uh, the Oscars on Sunday night. Washington Post with an op-ed yesterday from a guy who writes about Hollywood and politics saying, this is your chance. You want to get political? Aim it at China. The Oscars on Sunday night. I'd love yeah. to see that. Here, 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 here. Uh, am I stoned or have we forgotten to do cow? Oh, we're going to do it. We, okay. Hey, let's take a fond look back at the week that was. It's you might time be for... stoned and we're, we forgot to do cow, but. Uh, right, exactly. It's not an False or. choice. Yeah. False choice. Right. It's cow clips of the week. It's a bobcat attack, no one. A bobcat. I 
know the sale ended last week, but can I still get a discount? Do you hear yourself? You want the sale from 15 years ago, too? When's it end, Diane? You want that price? You're going to have to go through the quantum realm with Ant-Man. I see um, uh, my money as not my own. I see it as um, my family's money as well. I think today proves the fact that if you have enough followers, you can truly do whatever you want. But I am very hopeful and I hope uh, that we're going to get a verdict that can say guilty, guilty, guilty. I wish elected officials would stop talking about this case, especially in a manner that is disrespectful to the rule of law and to the judicial branch and our function. Their failure to do so, I think, is abhorrent. We're betting that one small but steady investment for Angelino households will pay large dividends for health and stability across our city and, more importantly, light a fire across our nation. I almost lost everything. But football wouldn't let me give up because, no, this isn't just a game. It's about fully committing yourself to something bigger. And most of all, it's about you. We're, we're demonizing white people for being born. Are some of our students white people? Yes. I'd rather adjust to your absence than be continuously frustrated by your presence. <laughs> Oof. I'd like to speak to your manager. I'd like to speak to your mother. Tell her she should be embarrassed. She raised someone to act like a baby in public. You want to speak to the manager, please? Manager doesn't know what's going on. Haven't you ever worked anywhere before? Uh, former. Uh, You're a. Oh. You're a <laughs> <laughs> I assume I'm getting that as a compliment. I'll take that as a backhanded compliment. You know, I'd like to warn my wife um, because we occasionally see bobcats where I live, sweetheart. For the rest of our lives together, every time I see a bobcat, I will point and say, "A bobcat." <laughs> A bobcat! A bobcat! Yeah, and she needs to know her line in that. A bobcat? A bobcat! Get a good call and response going. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That poor guy, that, that that brave man, he's rescued his wife from the clutches of a of a rabid wildcat. Showed great courage and aplomb. A bobcat! A bobcat! I've seen the video and heard the clips multiple times. I've never heard anything about how okay she is or isn't. Or how okay he is or isn't. Right, right. Nobody and, cares. And I hesitate to even then say this out loud. How many clicks did it get? Is the woman all right? Shut up! How many clicks did it get? Um, like a bobcat attack my wife! I got audio of the guy now saying, Oh, bobcat! It's kind of funny. Is he okay? A bobcat? Shut up with the, is he okay? Who hired you? How many clicks will the voice of the man get? A bobcat! A bobcat, you idiot! <laughs> a bobcat? <laughs> a bobcat! Uh, nobody's Ken boned him, have they? Not that I've seen, no. He hasn't got okay. milkshake ducked. <laughs> That's the abstract uh, phrase for getting Ken, Ken boned. Somebody mm-hmm. said, a, milk, it's a, a milkshake duck goes viral, and then 30 minutes later, turns out the milkshake duck was racist, or something like that. Bro, put the duck back. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is the, uh, it's the colloquial kind of fairy tale of being Ken boned. A milkshake duck. You really just put the duck in there? <laughs> milkshake or otherwise? Bro, put the milkshake duck back. <laughs> Bro, put the duck back. 
All right. We should probably discuss something of significance at some point this hour, although I'm kind of having fun doing this. Well, I've uh, got- Bernie Goldberg. I love Bernie Goldberg. He just quit HBO's Real Sports. He said, um, Bernie the show Goldberg. Is now dr- Bernard Goldberg. Yeah. Journalist? Yes. Which one is he? <laughs> He's the one named Bernard Goldberg. I don't know. Bernard Sanders. No, no different, different Bernard. Guy. Is he the one that uh, wrote the book Biased? Is that the same guy? I mean, that's I think it is. But he's worked for HBO's Real Sports for years, twenty five years. But he quietly left, and he he explained why. Finally, he said, Uh, "Yeah, it's the same one." He said the show uh, is now driven by cowardice. It's entirely left wing. They won't allow any diversity of opinion. That's interesting. He wrote that book Biased. Geez, what fifteen years ago now? He worked in uh, CBS News forever and was in the Walter Cronkite world. Mm-hmm. And as wildly liberal as Walter Cronkite is and was, as the anchor of the CBS Evening News back when that mattered, Bernie Goldberg said it didn't show on his broadcasts. And then he wrote his book, Bias, about how now everybody shows their stripes, and he's saying HBO is way too wildly left. Huh, well, and it's it's funny. He wrote his book when the oak tree of media bias was about eight feet tall, and yeah. now, of course, it towers over all uh, media. But, well, and it's uh, become so, it's become a model. You you pick a side and figure out how much money you can make off of it, and then sure. make yourself yeah. as much of whatever you're claiming to be as you can. I just wish they wouldn't continually still try to pass themselves off as some sort of uh, arbiter of truth, some sort of neutral uh, uh, I seer. I heard somebody the other day talking Oracle, about... Oracle, that's the word I was looking for. I heard for. somebody, I wish I could remember who it was, as somebody of, of a great influence talking about, you know, yet your Foxes and your MSNBCs that pick a side, and then you've got, you know, your NPRs of the world that play it down the middle. Excuse me, I'd like to raise my hand. Uh, can I get involved in this conversation here? Are you wow, kidding you're going to have me? to mop up my brain because my head just exploded. Are you, Are you kidding? kidding? Good Lord. Anywho. Mm. Um, so uh, Bernie Goldberg's explanation for that, plus uh, all sorts of I got, uh, like little items from all over the country. I got this now that older millennials have made it into management. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, okay. I'd like to hear that. This will be a pretty, pretty decent hour. I mean, I really thought it was going to suck and uh, be unlistenable. but I'm taking a wait-and-see attitude. But, yeah. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You know, these steps will set America on a path of net zero emissions economy by no later than 2050. I talk to the experts and I see the potential for a more prosperous and equitable future. The signs are unmistakable. The science is undeniable. And the cost of inaction is keeps mounting. The decision for the United States to re-enter the Paris Climate Accord and then the announcement that the president made today is an enormous gift to the Chinese Communist Party and a real threat to the United States of America. It's a domestic threat. This will destroy tens and tens of thousands of jobs all across the United States. It's an international threat. When I was a Secretary of State, our capacity to deliver LNG and petroleum across the world gave us enormous global power. Our ability to reach them and and help them turn the lights on in their countries and build out their economies gave us enormous diplomatic reach. 
feel like we're doing exactly the same thing with China now over climate that we did over the last 40 years, just about the economy in general, hmm. with this weird belief that, you know, if we just, if we're, if we're nice and we do the right thing and allow them to grow up, they'll do the right thing. And here, They'll come we, around. Surely they will. If we damage our economy and make everything more expensive and cost millions of jobs and, uh, and, and greatly curtail our growth, they'll grow exponentially as they don't actually give a crap about the climate. Mm-hmm. And they say things while they're doing the opposite. And it's verifiable. It's not even, it's not even something that's hard to find. So she says like, things like, we're going to become carbon neutral by whatever year and we're going to close this many plants. They open up. You know, 200 more coal plants while he says they're going to close them. And part of the stupid world just goes ahead and says, well, he says he's committed to it. He signed the Paris Climate Accord. But we can see some from space, the coal plants they're building. Well, before Jack went off on his long, angry, and probably racist rant, I was going to point out that those two tapes were a crazy old man who'd wandered into the White House, and Mike Pompeo, (laughs) the former Secretary of State, who is clearly uh, at least trying on for size the idea of running for president next time round. Uh, One more quote from uh, the fiery Mr. Pompeo, number 42, please, Sean. If you think that the Chinese Communist Party has any intention of delivering on any commitment it's made, you just haven't been watching. You haven't been watching Hong Kong. You haven't been watching Xinjiang. You haven't watched what they've done to Christians and Tibetans. You certainly haven't watched what they, the commitments that they've made to the people on Taiwan. A distrust but verify was our model when dealing with the Chinese for the Biden administration to think they achieved a victory today because China made some in-the-air, misty-eyed, good, wonderful-feeling summit commitment is just... being played for a patsy. Mm, Strong stuff. You know, I don't want to talk much more about climate change, partly because I think the stuff we talk about more is so much more important. We won't have a country in 2050 if we don't address some of the other things we like to talk about around here. But Bjorn Lomberg wrote a piece for the New York Post. He's, uh, He's a scientist. He's a visiting scholar with the Hoover Institution. He's written a book called False Alarm, How Climate Change Panic Costs Us Trillions, Hurts the Poor, and Fails to fix the planet but he is not what you if you're a climate activist would call a denier he's not denying at all but what he's saying is what's proposed is going to be mind-bogglingly expensive it will ruin the economy and it will be largely ineffective it won't reach the goals you want to reach and his thing and i think i may adopt this as my point of view was instead of spending trillions and trillions of dollars on the current green technology which is woefully inadequate to reach the goals it's just a current state of solar and wind power it is a joke and not a funny one that will be able to completely reform the world economy into some green uh, dream world it's just it's not going to happen instead of that he says spend billions and billions and billions studying the uh, the new technologies that could be effective green energy uh, means. I think that's a pretty smart way to go because just study after study. Just and I mean, I've read so many of them that solar power and wind power are a joke in terms of equaling fossil fuels, energy output, and the way they fuel the economy. And and you have to be ready not just for average use but peak use, as we discovered in Texas with their reliance on some green energy. And so, yeah, let's let's figure out what is going to work in the future, not waste trillions of dollars on green, so-called green energy sources that aren't nearly effective enough. And by the way, nobody wants to talk about solar. 
panels wear out after a while, and we're going to have trillions of, of toxic solar panels we're going to have to do something with. I'd be willing to we sign on to some sort of Paris Accord that is includes verifiability. The, the world gets to monitor whether or not you're actually doing what you signed on to do. But that's not what these are. These are the honor system. Yeah, I'd be willing to discuss it, but that also empowers some sort of, what, the U.N. with enforcement powers of what happens in well, the United co- States? I'm not comfortable an, with that at all. We'd have to come to an agreement. Um, so this girl lost her $13,000 flute in a cab and got it back nine years later. She's apparently a pretty good flautist. Is that a person who plays a flute of flautist? It is indeed. Well played, yes. And she was playing at a piano bar in Boston. She got into a taxi and left Hey, her f- hey. This isn't a flute bar. Shut up. That's what I would have said. It's a piano bar. I'm guessing Play guys playing piano flute. and she's accompanying with the flute. Not, not my cup of tea, but... Wow. Um, Are uh, you ready to rock? She gets into the cab, leaves her flute in there. God, that would make you sick to your stomach. I'm guessing oh, yeah. she's not making a lot of money as a really good flute player. And uh, she thought she'd never see it again. Well, a guy went into a music store the other day and tried to find out what it was worth. And the person there, blah, 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 recognized it, got it back. So she got her flute back, but... That happens a lot with musical instruments. There are various places you can post them because, or anything of value. Art is the same way. You can get something that's worth a lot of money, but unless you can get somebody to give that money to you without getting caught, it's really not worth anything to you, right? Right. Yeah, you steal a Rembrandt. What are you going to do? With what it? What would I do with a Rembrandt today? It's not worth anything to me unless I can sell it to someone. Yeah, sell it to some oligarch for some from some loathsome regime. They buy a lot of that. I stuff. don't have a phone number for Saudi sheiks. Can you look that up? The Armstrong and Getty Show. After British Prime Minister Boris Johnson said fighting climate change will create millions of jobs, such as, Biden said, root beer barbers and professional whistlers. (laughs) I used to know a pair of twins who could whistle like a teapot. Their parents named them both Ralph to make things easy. One of them got struck by lightning. And after that, anytime he walked past a jukebox, it just started playing. Come on. Funny. It's an interesting <laughs> bit. The incomplete sentences, the pivots without transitions. Like Come there, on. there are so many levers, levels to why that is great. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, I got two things I wanted to mention before I got to my main thing. What was one of them? Uh, one of them is this, the new, whatever it's called, assessment of how messed up the world is report came out. <laughs> and uh, they're they're. Can I contribute to the next one? As they talk to uh, military leaders, academics, uh, uh, people in government, all kinds of different stuff, and then they uh, they write one every couple of years. China and Russia are likely to remain strongly aligned. It says for the foreseeable future, working together to try to take on the United States. So friends of convenience. So that's horrifying for the world. Other thing I want to mention is the L.A. Times with a story of how Trump's Facebook page has become a weird shrine so uh january 6th the day of the insurrection is the day that zuckerberg booted trump off of his facebook page but but for whatever reason the way the page works anybody in the world can comment on that page pretty much except for donald trump and people do and there have been seven hundred thousand comments on his last facebook posting and they continue to come in regularly throughout the day every single day and it's people arguing 
or people say, uh, you know, trying to speak to Trump, hoping that he's reading them, saying, we miss you, you know, and please come back in 2024, blah, blah, blah. Or somebody wow. brings something up, and then there's the back and forth arguing that you see in the comment sections. I can't think of anything I'd rather do less than engage in that, but people still are. Uh, so it's a weird open forum shrine to Trump. Love him or hate him. Boy, you know, as long as you brought that up, weird Facebook story. Uh, Kathy in San Diego wrote us a really interesting note about she saw a video of an elderly man in Mexico getting his his uh, vaccine, his COVID vaccine. But you see in the video, the nurse never depresses the plunger to inject the vaccine and sends him on his way. It's what? A, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a weird way to I don't know steal vaccines or something. Anyway, um, she asked her husband about it. He said, "Yeah, it happens all over the world where nobody cares about people." He he knows about this sort of thing. But anyway, when I went uh, to go back, there was a link. So they stick in, don't press it down. I wouldn't know because I I don't watch. I don't think right. most people do. No, no. But then here's where it gets really interesting and in about Facebook. Kathy writes, when I went back to get the link to send you the video, there was a fact check block on top of the video explaining that the nurse had made a mistake and the nurse's supervisor caught the error, then ensured that the elderly man was indeed vaccinated Uh, after the recording cuts uh. off. I don't believe that for a second. I felt sick thinking there are people out there profiting from killing people. So Facebook decided to fact check the video and put that note on there. Because it promoted, what, vaccine hesitancy or something? How did you find out about what happened to the nurse and the rest of it, Facebook? That sounds like just a more weird censorship to me. Thank you for the note, Kathy, in San Diego. Um, I just saw a thing. That oh, and two. In New York, they are, uh, they've opened it up to anybody. You don't even need an appointment to go in and get a vaccine because they got so many. And I know there are places in California... You have to have an appointment, but I mean, you could, uh, on Wednesday, there was one site I went to, could have made an appointment any time today. I mean, any time, it was mm-hmm. wide open. So there's plenty of vaccine out there. So the, the we're pretty much down to the people that don't want to get it. Which it would mo- seem so. There was a big drop. I think it was 15% last week in the number of vaccines given out. There, you're right. So there, the, the, another number that has been dropping is the number of people who say they won't get it, but it's starting to not match up with the people that aren't getting it. So the people who, the number of people who, there, there seems to be a crowd out there that when polled says, yeah, I'll get it, but aren't. Huh. They're like in no hurry or they're kind of hoping. haven't gotten around to it? They haven't gotten around to it or it sounds like too much of a hassle or they're kind of hoping that. Enough people get vaccinated that they don't have to. I don't know if they're or people they're that just are... answering how they want to appear in a poll and could, not actually honestly giving answers. Yeah, that could be. Um, yeah, there, yeah, there could be a, a wrongness on that end too. But Shocking. I, I could believe people saying, "Yeah, I'll get it," because they don't want to out loud be to their friends or family, whoever you know, anti-vax or something like that, or so scared of needles that they won't get it. But I could believe that there's there's. I definitely could believe there's a crowd of people out there that tell people they're going to get it and don't get it. Yeah, this is this is really interesting. Uh, softening demand appears to be effective. Scores of counties from Iowa to Texas have begun to decline vaccine shipments, highlighting yeah. issues of hesitancy and barriers to health care that may hamper efforts, blah, blah, blah. Like I said, I think there's another category, and I'm not exactly sure what's driving it, just people that don't like shots. There might be more people that... Well, I think given their druthers, most of us would rather not be stuck with a needle. Um, yeah, there has to be see. enough of a compelling reason to want to take the time 
and the hassle to go somewhere, to park, to go in, to wait in line, to fill out some forms, and then oh, have yeah. somebody do something to you that is mildly to quite unpleasant, depending on how you feel about shots. Yeah, the the jabbing to me is not that big a deal, but, the, you know, as you point out, different people have different feelings about that. It's doing the paperwork and making the appointment and driving and parking That's and the rest of it. Enough to me to make me not want to do it unless I thought the upside outweighed it. The WAPO is talking about uh, they're ramping up efforts to vaccinate hard-to-reach groups such as rural residents, homebound seniors, uh, people leery of side effects, and they're trying to convince young people who don't fear the virus that they, too, benefit from getting vaccinated. So I think that that's a pretty good uh, roundup. How long, does, how long does the testing industrial complex continue, I wonder? Because near me, as I've said many times, there is so much testing going on. And originally, it sounded like a great idea, good thing to do. Know how many, you know, more testing. We've been screaming about that from the beginning. But at this point, and you have to deal with reality, there's nobody there ever anytime I go to get a test. And I got to believe that there are lots of places in the country that are like that. So how long do you pay employees at taxpayer expense to be ready to test? There is no pushback mechanism that i can imagine what's the what the what's the counterbalance that's ever going to end that you're going to get what a handful of taxpayers who say wait a minute that appears to be an outrageous waste of money i think i'll become an activist getting it shot and that's just not going to happen i should you know i should do it i should go today you should do it i could sign up today account how many people are an insider told me they're getting i think 18 dollars an hour i'd have to dig up that text figure out the number of hours and saying you realize this is how much we're spending at least yeah. Every single week. Well, here. testing is very important. Blah, 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 blah. You know, I went to the doctor the other day, and there was this dingy kind of tent set up in the parking lot, a white tent, and there was a, a card table out in front of it and a couple Cross of Cross exams. <laughs> I would have swung on by if I'd known. Uh, no, but it was uh, a couple of cones, and, and I saw no humans, and I thought, wow, why is that tent still up? And then the wind shifted a little bit, and the flap went over here, and I saw that there was one lonely woman standing there waiting to give someone, anyone, a COVID test. <laughs> she looked like the loneliest lady in America. Nothing, to, nobody to talk to, nothing to do, nobody wanted a test, but still she stood waiting. How long will it go, though? How know. many more weeks or months will various cities, counties, and states pay for gazillions of dollars worth of tests? If... Sheer inertia. Yeah. Exactly. Well, there's no pushback. I don't know. Yeah. I jabber too much. I know you wanted to talk about that uh, millennials, once they move into management thing, how they're faring. I, f- I find myself interested. Older millennials made it to management. Now they're wondering if they even want to be the boss. Millennials have gotten a bad rap since they started entering the workforce. They've been Wrong. Stereo- Legitimate rap. <laughs> lazy, soft, snowflakes. They've been stereotyped by Joe and others as lazy and entitled employees. Have you considered being good at your jobs? Who will trade company loyalty... I'd like to quibble about that term. Wait a minute. Is that a one-way street or a two-way street? Uh, He'll trade company loyalty for the ability to leapfrog into a management position that they haven't earned. They want to work for a values-driven company with a casual dress code. I like the casual dress code. I don't care that much about the values of my company. I'd rather you don't smother puppies or kick nuns, but... None kickers. What's the pay? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, how are the benefits? How many weeks off a, a year? Do I personally have to kick any nuns? <laughs> no? Well, then it's none of my business. And then I reach, I'd shake hands. Welcome aboard. I just have to turn a blind eye to nun kicking. 
The reality is that many millennials went to college at a time when education costs soared and graduated in a financial recession that gave them limited career opportunities to pay off their student loans, let alone save for other financial milestones. Then companies began to eliminate middle management jobs, the ones millennials were working toward, as the job market tanked during the financial crisis. Senior leaders who weren't pushed out of their work delayed the retirement, and at the very top, CEOs got older, stayed longer, and got richer. Now millennials are the largest generation in the workforce, and the oldest of them turns 40 this year. Keep in that their in mom's m- basement. Keep that in mind when you hear about millennials. The, the upper end of millennials are 40. So don't re- don't refer to them as young people. Vast majority of them are now in their thirties. There's a very small percentage that are still in the twenties, in their mom's basement. But millennials are now rethinking whether climbing the corporate ladder is really worth it. You're not the first generation to realize this. I'd like to point out, millennials are now rethinking whether climbing the corporate ladder is really worth it after spending their early careers burning out on limited opportunities. Uh, I think uh, plenty of people in my generation and older. Uh, stuck around to get the boss job and decided, wait a second, this sucks. I work harder, there's more stress, and I'm making a tiny bit more money or the same? Sure, there are novels written in the 1920s with essentially the same theme. Then why didn't you although guys fix they, it? Although they weren't <laughs> written from their mom's basement, snowflakes. Why, why didn't you older generations fix it then? Joe and I have a personal friend who uh, was named the manager and uh, quickly gave it up. The sort of job that people claw at each other to try to get. He thought, this this sucks. Why would I want to do this? I made more money before, and it was a lot easier. I hate it. Right. Exactly. Um, well, reasons. The responsibilities of managing aren't equal to the benefits. Yeah. God dang it. I, who am I mocking? I did this for the first many years of my professional career. We're going to make you the program director. My heart swells with pride. I call my parents on the phone. I ended up working like twice as many hours for another like $75 a month. And everybody hated you. And everybody hated me. <laughs> Instead and I would of get, being one of the fellas. And I would get calls in the middle of the night if something went wrong because it was my responsibility as the boss to fix it. It took me a long time to figure out why, why would you want to be the boss? What's the upside there? Um, uh, people look at me and my husband and say, wow, they made it. They're so successful, uh, but we're stressed the hell out. Yeah, there's that problem. Uh, that's the long and short of it. I could get into more details, but I don't know if it's... Uh, when millennials get promoted, it's not always enough to get them to stay. That might be one difference. Maybe they're the first generation to catch on quicker. Later, I nerds. I don't want to be the boss. Good luck. You can be the boss. Can I, right now, I declare you're the boss. Now, I work for you. What would you like me to do? I'm going to go home at 5. You're going to stay here all weekend. <laughs> Seems fair. <laughs> well, they're probably the first generation that holds no illusions whatsoever that their company will be loyal to them. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, that, that changed, I think, before we got in the workforce. I, I don't know when the change happened, but... I guess there were people back in the day that were loyal to their companies because they felt the company was loyal to them and, like, really cared. Um, I don't think that's common in the modern era. Do you? Nope. Absolutely not. You're a commodity. And if you're uh, really good at your job and you make uh, a lot of money and everybody knows your name, you're an expensive commodity. (laughs) Yeah, there's no loyalty. Forget it. Be loyal to your friends, your family, your God, but your company, just do a good job. Earn your pay. And if a better offer comes go. along, take that one. Exactly. Because if they have a better, if they can get an employee for cheaper, they'll get that person. 
you're gonzo. Yeah, exactly. Just the way it works. That's fine. We'll, we'll all strike that deal. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Oh, we're going to close so hard today. We're going to close so strong on a Friday. Oh, it's going to make your head spin around. Armstrong and Getty. The Humpty Dance. Sean mentioned this is his go-to karaoke song. I have sung this song easily hundreds of times in front of uh, uh, what I can only drunkenly remember as roaring crowds. You have all the lyrics memorized? Pronounced with the umpty. Oh, ladies, oh, how I like the funky. And all the rappers in the top ten, please allow me to bump the. I'm so seven tall, y'all. Wow, I didn't, like I didn't realize dumpty. people did rap karaoke. Oh, so, I can't <laughs> sing. Like, what, uh, no, I can only, I can talk rhythmically, so I rap. Tall, so, y'all. So, um, the lead singer is, has died? Is that what happened? Uh, Shock G, one of the members of the Digital Underground. I don't know if he would be considered the lead or not. Probably not, but. Uh, is he the guy singing there? Or? Yeah, yeah, that, okay. that was him there. He was um, not singing. Uh, he was Don't rapping. Call it singing. He's rapping. Uh, okay. It's but, rap yeah, he, uh, he, he, There's he no passed, melody. He passed yesterday. He's in his 50s. What did he die of? Uh, I didn't actually see any causes. His long nose? Embarrassment? My nose is long. That was a weird video. He probably video. had a dread disease or what, something. What year terrible. was that a hit? I'm going to guess 91. 1980. Earlier than that? Eight. Uh, 1990. Mm-hmm. Split the right records. betwixt us. Huh. 1990 hit, and the guy's dead in his 50s. So what good did it do him? Eh, he probably had a good run in between. Probably those did. Dates. Was he? Was he one of those people that was traveling around doing shows for uh, you know, with other uh, D-list artists at this point, or is he a millionaire? Uh, I never, I never know who's a gazillionaire and who's doing package shows going I'm around guessing, the bars with vanilla ice. I'm guessing the guy from the Humpty Dance is not wealthy. No, he he was closer to the making the the nostalgia tours yeah. around end of the spectrum. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's probably fun as can be. Uh, you know, I. Dead in a hotel room in Tampa. Uh, Cause of death remains under investigation, but no foul play was suspected. Mm. Hotel room dead, yeah. In Tampa? Drugs or heart attack. Tampa's not a good place to die unexpectedly in a hotel room. (laughs) Well well said. Um... Oh, no, I had a great story to tell. Oh, it's too bad. The clock is a dictator. It's a bastard. Armstrong and Getty. You have disappointed me for the last time. These are your final thoughts. Never. So, Humpty Dance have any bad words in it, Sean? Can I play that for my kids? Because I don't think they've I, heard it. I believe so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh. believe you can play it for them. I do not believe there are bad words in it. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. My nose is long, so let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. He's pressing the buttons in the control room. Mix Master Michelangelo. Michael? Uh, the thing I remember about that song is, I think I was in high school, my parents started uh, dancing to that song just to embarrass me yes. in front of my friends or something like that. And yeah, it, it was embarrassing, all right. Let's get a final thought from... <laughs> I'll bet. Positive Sean, our producer, Sean. Well, it is the Humpty Dance, and in the song, he actually tells you how to do the Humpty Dance with one of the descriptions is, uh, you look like MC Hammer on crack, Humpty. Hmm. Which is the, yeah, it's, it's, you know, you're just supposed to move it around a little bit. Wow, interesting. 
Uh, I'm not much of a choreographer. Jack, a final thought to share with the folks? I need more of the hip-hop songs that are either clean enough for my kids or there's a radio edit where they take out the bad stuff because a lot of the stuff my kids want to listen to, at least on my music streaming service, it's filthy. And it's uh, really not something that should be exposed to a nine-year-old, for instance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, My final thought is that uh, nextdoor.com, which exists for old people to complain about loud cars and update us as to how long their cat has been missing, uh, is allegedly going to prevent you from posting anything racist, including the phrase, Blue Lives Matter. Oh, come on. Nextdoor.com, go to hell. I am canceling my subscription. Hmm. And I suggest you do the same. Yeah, there'll be some complaining now and then about somebody's lawn being too long or something like that. Yeah. And you're next yeah. door. Armstrong and Getty. I'll bet there are old people who check that daily, maybe multiple times a day. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. And then there are comments and, like, counter comments and people getting pissing matches yeah. and all this Good stuff. stuff. Uh, so many people who thank so little time go to armstrongandgetty.com pick up some cool A&G swag get you a hat or a t-shirt or a hoodie or something or a coffee mug uh, also email us if you like mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com yeah don't spend all your money on Caitlyn Jenner swag uh, we'll see you Monday God bless America we've reached a critical point it's a bomb cannon take my wife a bomb cannon you know it, it, you have to be a berserker today Bro, put the duck back thank you which one am I I'm Armstrong <laughs> <laughs> Please be sure to watch your language. They're balls. You put the boba balls. You can call them pearls if you want. They're they're balls. And we'll be back with more right after these words. The I don't like the way the... you say that. <laughs> My point was made. I'll see y'all soon. I say. I'm just saying. Take care. Wear your mask. Armstrong and Getty.